into people asking, are you doing jokes today? No. Not that I can, I can. But I won't. And the reason why I won't is because God is more important than a joke. We hear of fire spots all over the world. I went to Holland um, two months ago, and this is well. Whoa, and I went to the well. I said, Lord, this is well for me, for my family. For my family, for my generation, for me. It's there, well there. And I stood on the place, nobody there. I said, Lord, there's a well right here. And I thank you that from this well will spring living waters into my life, into my family, into my children, into our church, into you guys. There's wells everywhere. In New Zealand, there's wells everywhere. I believe there's a well right here in this church. We prophesied so many times that there's a well here of the Holy Spirit. It's going to spring up to life in the name of Jesus. Things are stirring in the Spirit. Do you feel it? There's a reviving of passion of people in our midst in Jesus' name. I think some people don't need reviving. Some people need resurrection. Some Christians need resurrection. Amen? <laughs> you know that resurrection, you know? Hey, I'm dead. I need resurrection in my life. I need resurrection. Now the, now the question is, will we lean in? Will we actually lean in? Will we actually say to God, yes, Lord, have your way in my life, in our church. And that's why we're going to make room in the, in the morning services. We're going to have some revival nights. We've got some guests from America and other places coming. It's going to be just amazing. Watch this space. And we're going to just go after what God is stirring in our midst. Amen? It's going to be so amazing. So let's build an expectation of revival, an expectation of supernatural unction, an expectation of what God may want to do in and through our lives. Now, one of the revival sessions that's happening is, of course, the Franklin Graham thing coming. Not this coming Saturday, Saturday week on the 12th of November. And I just want to say it's, it's a powerful thing because that's a revival meeting. The biggest revival is if somebody becomes a Christian. It's the biggest miracle in the world that they come from darkness to light and be regenerated from the inside out. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Babies, little babies, a miracle. Growing in the womb is like amazing. But new generation of people is a miracle. Amen? It's going to be so amazing. We're going to be worshiping God. See, I believe it's a seed. Many of the pastors that I spoke to feel it's a seed. It's a seed into the ground because the building of expectation is not just the event. It's something that we believe for together for a revival and a, and, and, and a harvest to come and an expectation and an excitement as we pray together, as we worship together in such a beautiful way. See this very quickly, the success of the Billy Graham Association around the world, they see more people come to Christ than any other ministry, millions of people. But the secret is very small. The secret is personal friendship evangelism on a large scale. Connecting with your neighbors and your friends. I already invited two people. I'm going to invite four. To the event. Friendship, colleagues, people that are in your world who need Jesus in their world. It's connecting those people to God. Who are you inviting? 
Who are you inviting? You can change a life in two weeks. And it's so easy. The only thing you have to do, you don't even have to witness. You don't even have to do the five spiritual laws. You don't even say whatever. You can give your testimony. But you just invite them to a meeting. Oh, by the way, before I forget, there's going to be a bus here also on the Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. If you want to be on the bus, then you've got to go to Joe. And she didn't even know this, but that's good. At the end, and put your name down. The youth are going to have their bus, but it won't probably fill the whole bus. They've got, whole, they've got like 70 buses going because the parking is so hard because it's two events going at the same time. Orange Stadium is some event, and the, the race is still something going on, so the parking is limited. If you want to be on the bus, put your name down and go on the bus. Bring your non-Christian friend in there on the bus, and you go there it's so easy, and you'll be brought back at about 9 o'clock or whatever, 9.30 that evening. So good. We get changed. Now, in the Bible, there's a very unknown, kind of an unknown disciple. His name is Andrew. Andrew. I was going to say Andrew, but he's evaporated. Andrew. And Andrew was not very known. He was not very known for his preaching. But he was the brother of Peter, Simon Peter. He was known, actually, as Simon Peter's brother. Hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm the brother of Simon Peter's brother. I mean, you know, Simon, brother of Simon Peter. He was not a scholar, not a writer. But what he was very good at, what he was amazing at, is bringing people to Jesus Christ. Bringing people. Now, John the Baptist... Anyone? John the Baptist was a friend of Andrew. And John the Baptist has shared about Jesus Christ. This is the Lamb of God who changed, takes away the sin of the world. you got to know this guy. He actually witnessed to uh, Andrew. He became a Christian, Andrew, followed Jesus. It says it, um, Andrew, uh, in John 1.40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, see, was one of the two who heard that John had said, what John had said, and who had followed Jesus. It's amazing, that witness. I tell you something. See, he trusted his word. I tell you something. If you have a friend or if you are a friend to somebody, right, a colleague or whoever, then, then if you say, hey, I've seen this movie, you're likely to see the movie, right, because it's a really good movie. You'll say, well, if, if he says it, I trust his opinion. Or this, this amazing restaurant I've been to the other day. Remember, this restaurant, you will likely go to that restaurant because of the, of the recommendation of your friend. That's what happened here. The recommendation of this friend said, hey, you got to go and hear this Jesus. In this way. So what did Andrew do when he became a Christian? Well, his first priority is this. First 41 in John 1. He says the first thing. Everybody say the first thing. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. And, we brought, and he brought him to Jesus. Isn't it amazing? He was excited, but he was intentional. He found him. He told about him. And he brought him. We find, we tell, and we bring. So good in this way. Now, the second thing is this. He brought a boy to Jesus. Hey, but this was a miracle story. Look at here. John 6, 8 to 9. Another of his disciples, Andrew, the same Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, remember, uh, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many people? Now, this is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, right? It's actually about 20,000 people, including uh, women and kids, right? So he got five barley loaves and two fish. Andrew was the one who connected the boy to Jesus. He connected the need to the miracle. He connected the need to the miracle. Come on, that is revival. Revival is connecting a need to a miracle. Amen. Are you a connector? Are you a connector? God is calling us all to be connectors, to have a passion to connect people to Jesus. And here comes in this wonderful thing that I have this morning, which we lost a minute ago. This is a beautiful power cord, as you can see. 
This is our mission, if you should choose to. See, this is the mission of Jesus. It's very simple, I know. There's a need. I need power. Woo! I have power. I mean, not this thing, you know what I mean. You don't get the drip, right? So Jesus, here we are. There's a need, but there's also the power because you have to connect it to the need. And when you connect the need, Not a bit. Something happens. See, this is revival. This is all of us. We are connectors. There's a need of sickness. Hey, I plug you into Jesus. Woo. Hey, I'm, sad. I'm lost. I don't know Christ. I need salvation. Hey, I put you to Jesus. Hey, I'm so lacking in whatever, 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 whatever. Hey, I have the solution. I connect you with the God of the universe. Jesus Christ. I hope you never forget this thing. It's not good. I thought it was quite good. Awesome. So that's revival in this way, right? Now I also brought some Greek people to God. There were some Greek people around them in John 12. And you can read it for yourself. What can we learn from Andrew in this way? That ordinary people can do extraordinary things. That's what we can learn from this guy, Andrew. His name actually, Andrew, means man. There's nothing special about Andrew. He was just a man. He was not known for his preaching, for his whatever, 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 but he was known for bringing people to connect people to. We can all be used by God. We can all connect somebody to the power source, to the salvation source, to the healing source, to everything that God is. We can connect people, the need to this thing. In Jesus' name, amen? Second thing we can learn from Andrew is that the truth is important in friendships. That we have friendship, we have, um, you know, um, family and colleagues and stuff. Now, one of the things that, that is there is that, that um, is, is truth that they deserve to know about Jesus. We owe it to the world an encounter with God, right? We owe it to the world. We have our own encounter. We owe it to the world that they have an encounter with the living God. Amen. It's so good. So we can do it with the people that are around us. And also the third thing we can look for, uh, learn from Andrew is anybody, but it can be anybody, sorry, can be like Andrew. We can build relationships, which we all do. We all have friends and family and colleagues and just invite people to these things. In a minute, you're going to have some cards and we're going to put our names on it. But I want to talk about revival for a moment. What is Revival. What is revival? It's just a loaded word. It's just a big word. There's so many words, but yeah, yeah, 30 years ago, I heard there's going to be a revival one day, and we're praying. It's not happening, and we get tired of praying in this way. Is that what revival is? In the Latin, it actually literally means, it of course comes from the root revive, which literally means to live again. Right? To revive is to live again. Maybe you're dead, and you live again. Maybe something is wrong, not working, and you revive it, it lives again. It works again. It comes into purpose. When we revive something, then we bring it back to life, back to purpose. Hey, I love this in the dictionary. I went to the online dictionary, and it said about church revival, it says two things. It's online here on the thing. Two things that it serves revival. To revitalize the spiritual life of its members and to gain new followers. That's what it says. Online, during. 
So it's reviving people, reviving you and me, the Christians, reviving and passionate about everything God is in their lives. And it is new fo- it's evangelism, new followers of Jesus. It says also here online, the church revival, a church revival involves a group of Christians praying and seeking the Holy Spirit's presence together while rejoicing over a renewed spiritual exuberance. Isn't that cool? Come on. And of course, of course, revival has a lot of aspects. We're talking now about the kind of the, the Franklin Graham thing because it's about evangelism. It's one of the biggest miracles like this, you know. But of course, we talked about before the whole thing of healing. When somebody is sick, then we see reviving coming into healing. When somebody is depressed, we get, get somebody into a rightness of mind or encouragement of things like that. When people, whatever, if people are sad, you go into joy. All these things is all part of revival. It's not just a massive thing. I want you to see that we are called to live a life lifestyle of revival, a lifestyle of living with God, a lifestyle to be plugged in every day of our lives. Amen. And the provision comes. Come on. I'll do it again. Just in case you forgot already. We get plugged in. You get plugged into the Holy Spirit, plugged into the life of God. Amen. So important. Revival is all about restoration, it's about renewal, it's about rejuvenation, it's about reviving and healing, big or small. See, Jesus is our example, right? Jesus was a revivalist. Jesus was a connector. Everything Jesus did had to do with bringing life to people in whatever way, amen? It's so clear his mission here in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this comes from Isaiah 61. He was quoting. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Release from darkness for the prisoners. Are we joining with that online or not? No? I had it all there. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the garment of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for display of His goodness, display of His splendor. When we talk about revival, when we talk about refreshment and reviving, we're talking about restoration. We're talking about freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from pain. Sadness. Freedom from bad thoughts. Freedom from lack. See, good news is revival news. Good news is God's shalom bringing. It's God's kingdom coming into the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a revival statement. That's what Jesus said to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. So everything that's in heaven is to come into your life. In heaven there's no sickness, there's no lack, there's no sadness, there's no whatever. And so God wants to infiltrate our lives with His power, like being the connector in our lives. The whole Bible is a book of revival. Every page talks about restoration and rejuvenation and healing and love and power and 
encouragement and everything. Our church this morning is revival. However small, maybe you found an encouragement this morning. Well, that's revival. That's awesome. You made from one place to this place. Maybe you were sick. You were sick and now you're whole. Maybe you were struggling with your mind and right now you said, no, I'm, I'm right with God. I'm okay. Maybe you were sad and now you were happy. Things happen in every time of our lives. God would love us to have a lifestyle of revival, a lifestyle in our lives every minute of the day like Jesus. Jesus, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power in Acts 10. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were pressed by the Holy Spirit. And God was with him. See, Jesus went around doing good. Doing good is revival. Doing good, being good, Doing things for other people, making a difference in people's lives is a sense of revival in Jesus' name. It's so good. It's connecting the good of God with the things that are happening in people's lives 24-7. Revival is not only for Sundays, it's Mondays, work, school, whatever you are, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God wants us to connect. See, I am Andrew, but I'm also I am revival. Can you say it? I am revival. I'm going to say it again. I am revival. I am like Jesus. I am revival. A definition of a revivalist is this. A believer who is focused and passionate, willing to pay any price, to live in purity and in power because they are loved by God and love Him whose manifest presence transforms lives and cultures. Come on, guys. What a great vision for our lives. Our mission statement in this church is transforming the world with the goodness of Jesus. It's a revival statement. Transforming is a revival statement. You revive people. You transform people. You bless people. Make wholeness, shalom into people's lives. Amen? So good. But you know, for this to happen, I tell you, for this to happen, like Jesus, he often went into a quiet place. Luke 5. Is it on here? Luke 5? Thing not working. Because Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. We cannot do this thing without leaning in, in prayer, in relationship with the Father. If Jesus, Jesus needed it, we needed it even more. We need it, right? Taking time. So my question to you today and to myself, the whole week it was, what can we do to lean in to the Holy Spirit? What can we do to lean into His heart? What, what can we do to let our heart be transformed and be soft and be yielding to Him. What time can we give Him? Now for me personally, I decided to get up half an hour earlier than I normally do. Now I have, as you know, I have communion every morning anyway. So I spend some time with God, but it doesn't take more than 15 minutes, right? Normally. But I decided I'm going to have half an hour more, otherwise I will not spend any more time with God. It's like fasting. I'm fasting some sleep to be able to do and to lean into the Holy Spirit. I tell you now, and my wife's my witness, things have already changed in my life this week because I did that. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And when you start walking into the glory and grace, and when you start saying, Lord, I want to be plugged in. I have all these issues in my life. I see those thoughts. I know what's going on. I see those struggles with people and blah, blah, blah. I want to... I want to be plugged into you. But I tell you, if, when we get plugged into Him, we have this union, which we have anyway, but then we're more aware of the union that we have, and we are so strong together. We're so strong because you're plugged in all the time. That's what Jesus did. 
Hey, he was fully man and fully God, but he was fully man. And he was an example of what we can walk. Same way. The power of the Holy Spirit. But you need the power. You can't do it by yourself. And so the encouragement I have for all of us, I'm inviting you, I'm inviting myself as a church, let's go into, onto a journey, let's go into a sense of yielding, a sense of refreshing in this time as he's calling us into a lifestyle of revival. Every minute of the day that we are aware of his presence and then the miracles will start to flow in your life, through your life, and nothing will be impossible for you. Can we lean in please? Can we do this together? Be so wonderful. I want to pray right now. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, your Holy Spirit has been poured out. Lord, we say today that we will lean in, lean in to your presence. Lean in, Lord, to everything you have for us in the name of Jesus. Lean in to what you have for us, Lord. I say, wakey, wakey to our lives. I speak resurrection. Resurrect. Be resurrected. Be revived. Be revived, be refreshed. Like Jesus, move the well. The water is flowing from your innermost being behind your pukul. Let it bubble up. Let it bubble up. Lord, we have such a hunger for you. Lord, we yield, Lord, and we surrender to everything that you have for us in our lives. We want to bless your holy name. We want to bless your holy name. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just sing the song for a moment. We're just going to bless your name. We're going to wake up, Lord. And we speak that awakening over our own lives. And we speak the awakening over the city in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for this Franklin event in Jesus' name. That many, many will be awoken, Lord. Awakened, Lord, to the Holy Spirit and to new life. Father, I pray that all of us will be awakened to your Holy Spirit. That a hunger would rise. A passion would rise. Maybe we're a little bit, a little bit, bit bot, uh, a little bit... Um, Dull. Bot in Holland. Sounds terrible. Bot. Bot. Maybe a little bit dull. And Holy Spirit, we want to be ignited with you. We want to fan the flame of your spirit in us, Lord. We want to bless your name. I pray for couples here, married couples. Lord, even if something has become dull, that they would find a new love for each other and a new flow in the Holy Spirit, Lord. Couples who pray together, stay together. Lord, I pray that couples would pray together. Lord, that we would honor you together first, Lord. And they would see the flow of the Holy Spirit, Lord, all the way through their lives, into their children, in every situation we worship you, Lord.